Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and today on the podcast, Pastor John and I discuss some of the new things that are happening in FPC Lakeland, what we're excited about, and this week's message in our series on Jonah. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Well, welcome back, everybody, and uh, welcome to episode number 39 of Armchair Preaching. Pastor John, glad you're here. It's good to be here. Um, we're recording a little later in the week. Some this is, this is the challenge of a podcast that is self-produced. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> when you don't have when you and, and so when life happens things get bumped so we're a couple we're a day day later um and the interesting thing about this is you've already preached this week coming up sermon so yes. that's a, that's a funny thing uh we're not going to get into that though too much um although just in our conversation a second ago we started down that rabbit trail but yeah. um, we'll get really I'll get real I will get really confused but it also means that we watched each other's sermons a couple of days ago. Yeah, yeah. a couple of days ago. Yeah. So we're having to dig back into our memory. That's right. That. But I want to just say, you know, this is an interesting season in the life of FPC. And, um, well, it's I mean, it's been an interesting season for a while. Um but we are we're we're coming into some some exciting kind of things, and uh, so I just want to just talk to you a little bit about what are some things that you're really that, that are really lighting you up right now mm-hmm. about the ministry here at FPC. Mm-hmm. What are things that are really exciting you about what's going on here right now? Well, one thing, uh, the, the first thing when you and I talked about that earlier, the first thing I did is I went and looked up and said, okay, I know a lot of people here are reacting to the. COVID and positivity rates and all these things. So where are we at the, at the moment? So just to continue to see the things that are keeping people in, uh, back from participating in the fully in the life of the church, those things continue to s- slide. Those numbers continue to, to diminish. And just the thought of this is where the anticipation of, you know, when, when you and I preach to an empty room or yeah. preach to a, um, when we had to do the recording or something, to have people in the room, there's nothing like it. That's and true. And to have, you know, have our congregations filled, nothing like it. So yeah. that's definitely one thing, to have more people coming back uh, once they feel uh, comfortable yeah. um, uh, coming, being back. That's definitely one. But but the, probably the biggest thing, though, and this is something you and I have been living with, all of us have been living with since, well, the past year and a half, almost about the same time COVID was hitting, we had some key staff members yeah. either leave or announce that they're going to leave and then eventually leave. And so we've been dealing with vacancies yeah. for the past year and a half. And so to to, to have a Pastor Rebecca Mem who's going to begin on Monday yeah. uh, to, to start back. Because her job was was covered up. Brian Morgan did some of her some of the, her job. I was doing some of it. Um, Anna Mays was taking some of it. Anna Burns was taking some of it. So, so to have one, that one person to come back in to concentrate on the job is fantastic. So that was a yeah. long, hard search. The search committee did a great job. Rebecca's a wonderful person. Yeah. Uh, can't wait for her to uh, be here. But Josh is now replaced uh, 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 Brian, and um, you, you've just made a hire recently with yeah. uh, with the special needs ministry. Yeah, Libby Chapel's coming on. On uh, this Sunday for special needs ministry coordinator. So, um, yeah, yeah. The, I think I feel like to some degree, I I, th- I don't know that um, the staffing vacancies. 
I think it's been interesting, you know, to feel like the staffing vacancies that we've had, uh, it's we've done pretty well, I think, I in, light, in light of those vacancies. And I think um, some of that, I think, has to do with COVID a little bit, and some of the programs are somewhat smaller, so a little bit easier to manage. But um, it is going to be nice to have, you know, offices filled and, and, and point people um, who are more have more expertise in mm-hmm. different levels. And, and uh, Josh has been a great hire. I think Rebecca's going to come in and, and fit in nicely. And I know Libby's going to be a great addition to the staff. Jennifer Voigt's been a great hire as well. Yeah. She's, a, she's in the transitional role. She's, yeah. she's uh, eligible for the, for the permanent role. And that's, yeah. that one is, I think, see, let me search my, all the, all the positions. That's the last of the, of the big ones that's to right, be filled. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the modern worship arts, the, the modern yeah. worship arts uh, mm-hmm. director, which is the full time position. She's yeah. in a she's in a part time. Jennifer's in the part time position. Yeah, but I'm excited about that. I'm excited about you know, a what what happened in transition was as you just said, it was great. The, the yeah. people rose up and and took care of the job in the middle of some very complicated, difficult situations, yeah. and so that was exciting. But you asked the question, what am I excited about right now? Yeah, I'm excited about being fully loaded. Yeah, and the and the and the people coming back to the church and. And the ministry is really being fully, you know, got somebody, uh, somebody, and just new people coming in. That 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 changes the dynamics yeah. as well. But somebody's got their foot on the gas in all of these areas, yeah. rather than it's sort of slipped into somebody else's job here or here or that. That's that's going to be fun. And then all of that, all of that is in service to something I continue to be excited about, which is the the declaration that the number one work for us as a church is to be a disciple making church. Yeah. That the idea in my mind that 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 every single person in this church, and this is just me dreaming a little bit here, that every single person in the church would be would kind of catch that that idea that you know I, I really want to take responsibility for my own spiritual journey, yeah. and I want to go deep in my faith. Yeah, and the thing, the thought that we could shape that and create tools like the like the the the, the micro groups where you come together in really small groups of people and do a, a, an intentional study about what that means, and all the other things that we put around that, I, I that really continues to excite me. Yeah, yeah, and I and you know I think we've one of the things that um, we've done I think ex- especially well. Um, in the last 18 months during the pandemic, which I think is going to carry into to the disciple-making process, is um, our communication strategies have have increased, you know, doubled, tripled with uh, greater online presence. Uh, Jennifer Winters, Julie Ward have done a fantastic job. So glad you mentioned them. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And, and even things like this podcast, getting that back up and running, and I think because more and more people um, have are now – I don't say trained, but but used to comfortable with engaging uh, the the engaging with FPC in an online capacity. The podcast has gotten a lot has gotten more traction. I think it's helping people deepen their understanding of what we preach on Sunday, um, so that the takeaways get reinforced, mm-hmm. so that the biblical truth gets reinforced, and and therefore. Their discipleship is taken more seriously. To yeah. me, I think those are exciting things, and they've been they've been uh, laborious and some, to some degree. Um, I know Jennifer and and Julie have really worked exceedingly just just so hard to make the website as good as it can possibly be, and and um, our online our social media presence as good as it can possibly be, and and uh, you know things like you know getting getting our regular blog posts going and and. Yeah. So, so that we're taking the ministry of the word and giving people 
very contextualized tools mm -hmm. that they can take into their homes, they can take into their cars. Um, and because those tools are, are available or those, you know, people have biblical resources available to them all the time. But so often, you know, and there's no, nothing against, and we talked about national church leaders last week, and, and uh, I think that was an important conversation. Um, there's nothing wrong with people engaging a, a, a you know, pastoral content from another, you know, a nationally recognized ministry or whatever. But it's the, not the same as their church. It's right. It's contextual. I mean, what what for a contextualization, you know, we, we talk about Lake Hollingsworth, right? Mm -hmm. People in Atlanta, Georgia have no idea what that means. But the people that come here on Sunday morning or engage with us on Sunday morning, they know what that means. They know where we're yeah. situated. They can visualize it. They've probably run or walk walked that path. So yeah. For us to be able to provide that contextualized content so that people can take the, the resources home with them, accessing them online, watching on YouTube, Roku channels, all these different things that I think 18 months ago, 20, 20 months ago, people were like, yeah, well, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn on this other national pastor, which is fine, again. But for them to say, I have a, a, a local resource that speaks specifically into my life. Well, well the, the flip of the side of that is, is has also emerged in the last 18 months, and that is that we are a local church, and we had been doing online services and live streaming uh, all, all along. We did more with it with the classic service once we got it up and up and running and worked it out. But now we've got – and you had the armchair preaching was started. We've got the blogs started. But the flip side of it is now now we're seeing – we get the, the footprints from around the country. Of yeah. who, we, we are actually one of those churches. Yeah. We are one of those churches where people in, in distant places are are coming to us to see what we're doing yeah. and to listen to us about our message. And so they, they may be in Atlanta yeah. and, and hearing about Lake Hollingsworth, and they just have to think that it's some lake that yeah. apparently in a, in a place called Lakeland, and yeah. surely it's one of those lakes. Yeah. But I think that's a neat that's – a, that's a neat. I'm kind of excited about that because for me that represents a bit of unknown, a bit of mystery. Yeah, we don't know what that looks going to look like. Yeah. like. Okay, so we, yeah. we did it out of necessity during this, yeah. during this last 18 months. What's it going to look like down the, down the road, and can we actually have community – uh, I mean, other churches have have tried this and done and done done as well as you can do, I think, with with community. But can we, this church, have community with someone um, uh, in far far away yeah. places from 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 a very uh, different perspective, right? I mean, we we represent um, a branch of the of the Reformed tradition, which is which is theologically rich, um, historically deep. And um, I, so I think for our people to be able to share the resources that, that, that are created here, that God's granted us to create here yeah. with, with a family member that may be on the other side, because they can say, well, I trust FPC Lakeland. Yeah. You know, we're an imperfect church. Absolutely. Every, every church is, but, you know, they, they... We're also not the big box church right. with the... With the with a rock concert and a TED talk, yeah, I mean, right. to, to, yeah. to be critical, uh, to use a critical <laughs> language of it. Uh, uh, but you know, we are we're we're not the big box church. We we, we take that th theological depth seriously. Yeah. It shows up in, in how we do our worship services, and yeah. certainly shows up in our discipleship times, our classes, and all. Yeah. And so that's a, taking that seriously and going global with that. Yeah, that's a neat combination. Yeah, I, I yeah I, I agree. It's a lot. You know, I think it's it's funny. I, you and I have talked about it. Various points throughout this pandemic is there's obviously challenges to this, right? There's obviously um, issues that 
that have have bubbled up that yeah. and there's also the gr- meeting I just had before I came in here yeah. was one of those technological challenges for doing yeah. hybrid meetings right. moving forward so yes yeah. there are challenges and, but I think at the same time and um, you know as we kind of transition to speaking about Jonah it's in those kind of real rough times that God shows up right I mean and that God gives opportunities to do something new and kind of says, well, maybe the way that you were doing it before worked for a time, but that season is past. Yeah. And maybe it was past anyway. But a lot of churches, and I think to some extent, we are we are probably in that boat to some extent, still doing things like churches did them 15, 20 years ago and saying, mm-hmm. we've got to think a little differently. Yeah. Um, by necessity, we have to think differently. Yeah, I think that I, – I, I see that as – some people would see that as a as a uh, dreadful thing, yeah. as uh, something to be uh, shunned and to get back to whatever it was before as yeah. quickly as possible. I don't know that that's possible for us. I, I don't uh, think it's possible for anybody, but uh, yeah, yeah, but we really can't. But uh, and so I, I think we've we've we, we as you said out of necessity we made these changes. Uh, the the question is how do we leverage these changes that have taken place for the good of the the body of Christ in general mm-hmm. and in this church in particular. Yeah, uh, yeah. and which really ultimately has to do with the people. Yeah. Uh, how, how will people actually engage uh, and be engaged and be connected to God and, and, and hear the gospel and, and respond to the gospel and then and be equipped to, to share their share the life of faith wherever they go. Yeah. That's that I think that has changed. Like yeah. the, the means for that happening has changed. Yeah. The content hasn't changed. No. But the means for, for, for that happening has changed. Yeah. I, I yeah, I think that's and I think I think that's where, you know, we get into a series like Jonah, like we've been in uh, the last uh, we're going into week three. We, we're we're talking about week two. I think it helps people because you know I've had folks that say to me, and I know that they've said them to you. You know, they're they're now more apt to share, you know, the the worship service or the message with somebody that they know um, because they now they they understand the resources just. Oh, I, I know. I, they now know how to copy a link, put it in an email, and send it to somebody. And say, hey, you know, I really think this. I know what you're going through. I know you're going through this season or that season. I really think this might be of help to you. And and you know, our job is 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 to equip the saints, right? Our job is to equip the saints to do the work of our mm-hmm. God. Our job is not to do the total work of the church. Yeah, it's impossible for us to do that. Um, and it would it would it would be a lesser church if if you and me and the people that were paid to do it. To, to be on staff, try to do everything. Our job is to equip the saints to do that, and these are just wonderful tools to equip mm-hmm. the saints. And having more staff members to think through creatively how to do that, I think, is going to be, um, has been, and will continue to be an exciting yeah. part of FPC ministry. Well, and that brings us kind of to where we are at this past week, Jonah chapter 2. This is, uh, well, actually, I mean, yeah, one one seventeen. One seventeen first, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so I want to start. Sometimes we end with this question, but I kind of want to start with what did you have to leave out? Because there's a lot that's going on in one seventeen to two ten. I mean, there's a lot that's mm-hmm. going on in that prayer, and uh, so I wonder what was it that you looked at that and said, "Oh man, if I had." If I had 15 more minutes or had 30 more minutes, I would have included this or I would have shaped this. Because um, I thought it was interesting, and we talked about this a little bit. We had very, we had a lot of similarities in yeah. what we brought out. We rearranged some things in, in order. But so I wonder, what, what did you look at and go, man, I wish I could have dug deeper into this or 
spent more well, time on you know, this. Well, as you know, I got started on the um, uh, on the Jesus Jonah connection. Uh, yeah, right uh, off the I, bat. I was up front with that. You you brought it on in more mid mid uh, mid sermon, and um, I, that would have been one uh, that I would love to have. Uh, Spent more time with and yeah. just unpacked a little further. Uh, it was interesting to me that I had someone right after the um, the A15 service come up to me and say, "I've been in church all my life, and I've never made the connection between the you know the uh, the, the the Jonah in the belly of the, of the fish for three days and Jesus in the in the grave for three days. Yeah. Never made that connection. And so I was talking to my wife Seal about this afterwards, and I said, you know, I said, you know, I I can see how that happens. Though. Yeah. You can be in church because if you have a if you have a New Testament emphasis, which is typical in typical, the church, we, yeah. we read the New Testament, you would come to that place where Jesus talks about that in Matthew chapter 12 and just and just sort of go, okay, that's something with Jonah and, and move on. Yeah. And, and not really unpack it. until It's not until you actually slow down and, okay, and look at Jonah 117 and go... Wow. Okay. That he that Jesus had something to say about that moment. Yeah. And uh, that that you really see. Oh, that that is and that is analogous for him being in the in the grave. Yeah. That would have been fun to unpack more. Of that even just the idea of of Jonah as a as a um, a, a type of Christ. Yeah. You know, figure uh, that would have been that was on my mind to to unpack and just yeah. said, no, I I don't have time for that one today. Yeah. That's and that that's probably for me. I mean, I I unpacked the connection with the fish in the the tomb a lot more than. Jesus and Jonah. I mean, obviously, if you're talking about the fish and you're talking about the tomb, you're talking about Jesus and Jonah. But the idea of Jonah as a type of Christ—that's a. So it's easier to talk about like you know an Old Testament figure like King David as a type of Christ. Um, It's it's easier to talk about uh, Abraham, you know, and and those. But Jonah, who is this rebellious, uh, disobedient prophet. Spoiler alert! Who by the end we're not even sure really understands. Seems so well at the end of the prayer. That's, that's right. The end of chapter two. This is the high point. This is the high. And then chapter mark. three, you just hear him doing his job. You don't really get yeah. much out of him. But then chapter four is like Jonah. What happened? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and but to say like, hey, Jonah is a type of Christ, but but kind of you know to unpack that does take a long time because there, there's a lot of he- there's a lot of head scratching. There's a lot of admission of well. Yes, but and people, I think, I think the common lay folks don't understand typology because we don't. It's hard to talk about it in a sermon. You have to. You have to. It takes a lot of real estate. It takes a lot of real estate to talk about typology in a in a Bible study. You know, when you have forty five minutes and and it's so, it's like I, I teach a Bible study on Sunday mornings with with about. You know, right now it's about fifty to seventy folks, about twenty watch online, and about fifty in the room. But we've talked a bunch about typology. But that's because when I, my time's up, I can always say, "Oh, you know, we're going to pick up next week." <laughs> I don't have the same kind of structured rigidity in the schedule that you have in a sermon series. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree that the whole typology of Jesus and Jonah is, man, that to me that's really fun to to dig into that. And I'm not sure I'm going to get to it. I mean, I didn't. I didn't do it in chapter three. Yeah. So I'm not sure I'm going to get to it in chapter four either. No, and it, might, it might be just set aside for the next time I come circle back to Jonah. That's right. Or for a Bible study. Yeah, yeah. Just talk, do a whole sermon series on typology. Jonah yeah, is a type yeah, of Christ, yeah. right? Um, you know, and that, and also too, I, I, I really, I'm not a Hebrew scholar by any stretch of the imagination, um, but Jonah is an easy one to nerd out on the Hebrew, and. 
I, I just about every Sunday after this service, Ed Diaz, who is a who's, who's been uh, has preached for us before, and um, you know, well-known Bible teacher in, in this area and even beyond, he comes up to me afterwards every and we we start talking about Hebrew, the Hebrew, and, and he actually, and I am not, I I don't even try to speak it too much, you know, because it's just you know, it's, but he and I just go, just start digging into some of the Hebrew text a little bit more, and I I. I know I lose people if I get. Well, that makes sense. Ed, Ed, Ed who's been, been taking trips to the Holy Land, you know, thirty-five trips to the Holy Land. I'm sure he's, yeah, sure he's quite comfortable with yeah. that. So one of the things that you d- dug into, and I, I didn't, I didn't mention it at all, but it, go, but goes back to Jesus. Is you addressed people's doubts related to the historicity of Jonah. Yeah. And so talk to me, and I did not do that. That's another thing yeah. I would have probably yeah. spent a little time on because I know. These conversations happen right. not just at the lay level, but you and I know they happen at the seminary level. Yeah. They happen even amongst Orthodox, well, amongst evangelicals. There's this debate about the historicity yeah. of Jonah, and you yeah. just you just no, took I laid it head my on. cards on the laid my cards on the table. Yeah. Um, my my position on on Jonah, the historicity of Jonah, the possibility of survival in the belly of a fish, the way the story describes, um, as well as other things, as well as other things that are also denied by those who say that 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 betrays the laws of nature. Therefore, it cannot be an actual event. And so I, I, what I was doing was laying my, I was laying my cards on the table of how, how I see it. Um, and that is that, that, and in Jonah's case, it, it, Jesus referring back to the story of, of the fish does not dismiss the, does not dismiss the, the, the fact of the, of the story. He doesn't treat it as if it were allegory. He just accepts it for what it is. Yeah. And, um, and, and my point in, in saying that was, and this is the tipping the hand part, it was that, of course, you know the 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 very the the idea that we look at the world and see that that God is at work in this world means that that sometimes God is going to do the unusual thing. That's right. So, and which is I like I think it was Wayne Grudem in his systematic theology book talked about uh, how the miraculous is the unusual working of God. Yeah. He's always working, yeah. But this is the unusual working of God, where God does something that is unusual, which is that ordinarily He would use the doctors and the nurses to provide the healing, but this right. time I'm going to do something unusual and just make the cancer go away. That's right. And so, but that the assumption in that even that language is that God, God who is supernatural and has infinite power, can do whatever sovereign God wants to do. That's right. And has the capability of that. So, so that's kind of unpacking the the thought behind. Of course, if God is at work in this world and God wants to use the belly of a fish to both do something in the moment with Jonah and to create a story that he'll, he'll go back to, you know, hundreds of years later when he's telling others in Matthew 13, you know, 12 about this, then of course he's going to create the conditions that keep him mm-hmm. alive in the belly of the fish. He's going to create the conditions to allow him to be swallowed in the be- in the, with the fish, and he's going to create the conditions that keep him alive in, in the storm as yeah. well. So, And that is the supernatural work of God. So that was me setting that up. By the way, I didn't I, – this is one thing I didn't have in the recorded version that you listened to online that I did have – Actually, only in one of the, the live mm-hmm. versions, and I told the story about the Cape Cod diver. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, did fisherman. Yeah. Did you tell that story? I had no, told you didn't. That. I, no, I didn't in my sermon, yeah, but I had told that story previous, before, yeah. previously because this I thought, just this past June it happened, yeah. and and the, the guy was swallowed by a humpback, humpback whale and only then, in the mouth, but then he opened up and got came back out a few minutes later. Yeah, so. yeah. So. I, I well, and and one of the things we both talked about in the ser- this past week was the idea that God could have used an ordinary means. 
Yeah. He could have used you the, brought that up, yeah. the piece of cargo. Yeah. We could have used a piece of driftwood. It's funny. We used. I had not heard your message. We used some of the exact same language with, exactly. the, with cargo and driftwood because we were. I think you and I both thinking through. Okay, well. What else could he have done? What, yeah. what else could could he have done to bring about salvation for a, a saving moment for Jonah, delivering moment for Jonah? And he could have used all those things, and it would have been deliverance, um, but it would have been easy to dismiss it as not God. And I and that was a point that I yeah. that I made was why a fish, why a giant fish? Because you know if we take the fact that it happened then we have to say it was a miracle. Whereas a piece of cargo floating along natural world could, that's right. could have just been a, a thing. And the same thing is true with Jesus. And this is where I kind of brought the point in to say, look, it's very odd to think that, that, that death is going to be defeated through death. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. But because it is true, it has to be God. You know, that's the idea yeah, that, that good. the miraculous God, cho- you know, the, you, you talked about Grudemann, you know, the, the, the reformed, the reformed, uh, you know, um, a doctrine of God ordinarily uses ordinary things to accomplish his good work. That word ordinarily is very important. Yes, God uses people and the natural world. I mean, even in the, even in the scripture um, where it talks about some of the miraculous things that we think about, you know, like the parting of the Red Sea, even when you, you look at that passage, God uses a mighty wind. That's still miraculous, but he uses a... The timing in that case was the key. key that's exactly that. the timing. It had to happen right then. Yeah. Right then, right at that moment, it had to close right at that moment. But if God uses ordinary means, he can certainly use extraordinary means mm-hmm. um, because it's really, it's about accomplishing his good work. Yeah. And Jonah still had a job to do. And I felt like that, that needed to be, um, I know people think that thought and yeah. it just needed to be, to be addressed, but it was only, I mean, it was, that was the one verse, yeah. the uh, one verse out of the entire book, book of Jonah that most people think about when they think about the yeah. book of Jonah. The whole the whole whole book is about the that passage. That, that one that one, one verse. verse yeah. But you know, the prayer of course is the is the the crux of it. Is the crux of it. That's the that's the change of heart that, mm-hmm. that Jonah has and the rec- and the gratitude that he has for for the deliverance. You and I both uh, talked about the you know him him describing in the prayer the immersion experience that he had of chaos. Yeah. Uh, being in the in the water and the waves and the mm-hmm. seaweed, you know, we both, we both pulled that verse out because mm-hmm. it was a very graphic yeah. you know, visual uh, verse of the seaweed wrapped around your your head mm-hmm. and so what were you when you were when you were thinking about unpacking that 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 prayer how did you see the the flow of that that prayer and 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 and, and you know the gratitude and deliverance were of course yeah. the themes that we were talking about but how did you see those things coming out of that prayer for me when i look at that prayer there's a there's several things that strike me about it one is that jonah in in the the belly of the fish recognizes god's sovereign hand at work when he was in the water, like he's in there and he realizes, okay, I was in the water and it was chaotic. God, you know, you put me there, you know, I mean, yes, physically yeah. the sailors picked him up and threw him in there, but he knew that it was God's, God's uh, providence and sovereign uh, nature that put him in that, that position. And then moving into the gratitude that for all, for all intents and purposes, when when he was thrown into the water, he's a dead man. He has yeah. He has every reason to believe God is 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 going to kill him. Uh, one of the things I didn't talk about in this thing this this message is the Hebrews were not 
typically wide open sailing people. You know, they had their lakes, you know, had Sea of Galilee, they had their rivers. They, the, the water is a symbol of absolute chaos, right? And so, and this is conjecture, we pretty much believed that Jonah was not a swimmer, right? I mean, there's a pretty good chance he was not a swimmer. Hebrews did not love the water right. like the wide open seas. Um, that's why he has to go to pagan sailors to get from point A to point, because there aren't Jewish sailors yeah. at that time. And so this is a very scary place. This is a very scary situation for him to be in. And yet at the same time, in the belly of the, the fish, realizing, you know, Genesis 1, God hovers over the chaos of the waters and is sovereign over that moment as well as, as the moment that he faces in the water. Mm. And that God had, had not intended for him to die. That's that gratitude and deliverance and that God used that, that fish for the sake of deliverance. To me, that's the, 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 the real progression of that prayer. And then, which is really interesting because where he's been up to this point, I mean, the, the whole context is him running from what God asked him to do. Yeah. So, so this is such a contrast between, I want you to go to Nineveh, I want you to preach repentance for the wicked people who are there, no thank you, I'm going somewhere else, and he, yeah. and he runs, so, and then he's on the run, and, and then, so, so disobedience to God, trauma, drama, all of this in the, in the moment, and then in that prayer, he, re- he realizes, oh, where have I been? Yeah. You know, yeah. and how, I mean, we didn't, I don't think either one of us talked about this other than, you know, knowing our, knowing our stories our, ourselves, but, you know, how many times could, have we, have we, has it taken hindsight to recognize what, Absolutely. what's been going, going yeah. on in our lives? So it's just, just such a contrast between I'm, he's disobedience to God to only God matters right yeah. now and God has delivered me yet again. And that's where, you know, you, when you, when you got to the application point, which is one of the great things about Jonah that we were talking about this a little bit earlier, that there's, there's. You know, so many application points that you can bring out of this, but you talked very specifically about knowing your story. And I use the the idea of get isolated and get thankful, you know, this, which is very similar, you know, being able to sit, stop, look back because it is hindsight. You know, if Jonah had thought really about it, he wouldn't have cut on that boat to Tarshish, but he had to. He had, had, had he taken your first point and gotten isolated and thought about it yeah. and it really put, put it in perspective, what's, what's happening right mm-hmm. now? This great God that we know yeah. has just asked me to do something. Yeah. And if he's asked me to do something, it's okay. It's, yeah, it's, and it's not, really, it's not really a request. It's more of a command. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's There's not that like too. A, yeah, if you, yeah. If you feel like it. He would also think about the, uh, the fact that he, has, he was yeah. commanded to, That's to right. go. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I really think the idea of, as you put it, knowing your story, I think that's really, really there's a, there's a lot that you you can do with that you know mm-hmm. that knowing how god has worked in your life and charting that helps us get out of an unstuck position mm-hmm. you know when we feel like we're purposeless yeah um, it's also a great evangelistic tool for people which is you know it's is something that kind of is where jonah's headed in Nineveh to to a certain degree you know but for for us today knowing Knowing the scripture is so important, but knowing how God has worked in our lives, that's really compelling when other people hear it, you know? Yeah, because you, if, you, if you actually get isolated, think, think through your own story. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there are several levels for Jonah even. There's, there's the level of Jonah's being delivered from physical death. 
but there's also this this ultimate salvation. I, mean, I mentioned putting him back on his mission field as yeah, well. Right. So, mm-hmm. but then but then, then where he lands with that is that he recognizes that, and he wants to talk about it. That is that salvation comes from the Lord. That's right. Salvation, like like the great salvation, the mm-hmm. eternal salvation. There's multiple ways of talking about being saved. Yeah. And he dealt with several of those ways of being saved, but he didn't leave out the the ultimate salvation, which comes you know to eternal life. Yeah. You know, through the Lord is how he would have said it. This yeah. is pre-Jesus and yeah. pre-Jesus days. We would say that it comes through through Christ. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so so know, knowing our own story means that we also are going to find ourselves in that place where we say, I mean, I, you, we, we we have been delivered from so many things. Yeah, in, in our lifetime, but our ultimate deliverance has been unto uh, unto salvation. Yeah. Uh, through Christ. Yeah, and then willingness to do what Jonah says, just just be willing to to share it because yeah. that's the. That's the mission. What was your last point again? Because uh, ask what's next, which is basically the, the you know we're still on mission. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's this. It's the idea of of you know knowing where you know getting alone and getting quiet because we I, one of the reasons I really wanted to to. to dig on that isolation point where God did not send the cargo, did not send the driftwood, because Jonah would have had to fight and sw- try to swim to try to get to shore to save himself. He would have had the time to, or the 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 wherewithal to be able to just stop and pray. He'd be thinking yeah. about survival. Well, God took care of that survival part. God took care of that deliverance part so that he could get isolated and be, and be thankful and, and have time to reflect. I think for a lot of us, we're just, we're on this super treadmill of busyness and and I think it, it's it can be especially I don't say especially I think everybody faces the temptation but for people um, you know some and I, I had in a previous message on this I, I said that Jonah was so because he was a prophet before he he before the the, the, the story of Jonah in the book of Jonah second um, Kings 14 we hear about Jonah he was um, you know a man of God. But in this moment, he was not God's man, and he had to get mm. to a place where he was going to be God's That's man. A good way to say it. And I think a lot of times, and I face this temptation. I think um, I'm so busy trying to be a man of God. Am I being God's man? Yeah. You know, and that's that takes isolation to really, you know, go through that. And 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 this this week coming up. You know, we're in Jonah three. You've already preached it once, right? right. Um, and he's, you know. The funny part about Jonah three is it's really not about Jonah. Yeah, he's a side character in the in the story. Yeah, he's it's about the, the people. It's yeah. about the king. It's about the the animals. <laughs> it's a real yeah. It's a and it's a really interesting. Um, uh, it's about repentance. Is yeah, the, 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 is the overall theme. Yeah, which is what we often need when we're trying to be God's man or woman, you know, mm-hmm. and 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 get off that treadmill. So, I'm excited about this week. Yeah. Me too. It's also World Communion Sunday. That's right. uh, not every not every tradition recognizes that, but many many do. And so the thought that uh, this is always true, I guess, on Communion Sundays. But the thought that there's an intentional day that the that Christians in in Russia and Christians in China and and, and wherever South America, they're all they're all uh, enjoying and having uh, communion with one another and with us. Yeah. Um, and with the Lord. Uh, that's that's. That's pretty powerful, too. It's a, it's a very special Sunday. So if you are coming in person, just know that that's taking place. If you're if you're uh, worshiping online, know that's taking place. And as we've encouraged people throughout, um, get your elements ready um, and, and, and also share in that World Communion Sunday with the, the body of Christ here, but 
all over the world. Yeah. So it's going to be a special Sunday. If you've missed any one of the messages, I encourage you to check out our website, fpclakeland.org. You can find the sermon archive under the worship tab, and uh, you can listen to the sermons or you can watch the sermons or the full services as well. And if you've missed any one of our armchair preaching podcasts, I encourage you to check out the archives on Apple Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and uh, Stitcher, as well as on our website and in SoundCloud. Be sure if you're using an, a, a podcast service, hit the subscribe button. It's free. There's absolutely no cost in that. Shows up to my Spotify account every every week. Yeah, that's right. And mine is on Apple Podcasts, and it pops up. And so, and then share it f- with folks. Again, it's very easy to do uh, if you're uh, you know listening to it online. You can just copy the link into your social media or our email or you know messages or text messages or whatever. And it really does, I think, help resource people in their discipleship journey. As well, number forty is coming up next week. Uh, yeah, number, number forty. Song, so yeah, episode forty. So Lakeland we're... Christian, uh, Lakeland uh, High School band is going to be here, <laughs> and uh, we'll have cake and ice cream, and <laughs> the production value is going to go way up here. Well, uh, John, thanks as always for joining me, and thanks for doing this, uh, and we uh, we look forward to uh, seeing everyone next time.